I always like to stand a little lower than Pastor Gary, <laughs> but uh, Jared asked me to come up here. It's easier for the camera. Uh, hope you're doing well. I want you to know, of course you know this, I'm not a pastor. I do love God. I do read the Bible regularly, and um, I pray quite often. And um, if you don't mind, I need a blessing on this talk today, so if you wouldn't bow, mind bowing your heads with me quickly. Our gracious King, I just thank you for choosing me today to um, deliver your message. And I pray, Lord, that the words that you have given me are worthy of you and, and it's somehow significant on the, the ears of our listeners. And Father, I just ask now that your Holy Spirit be here in this room, come down mightily on us and in our hearts, that these words sink in and become your flesh in us, Lord. We love you and always wish to magnify your holy name. Amen. I'd like to start today by telling you God loves you more than you could ever imagine. You are never too far gone for salvation. God sent Jesus to satisfy the um, punishment for our sin. He was willing to make that sacrifice for each of us. One sin is not greater than another. We have all sinned and we are all sinners. He will take us as we are if we only open our hearts to him. Then his Holy Spirit can make changes in us, pruning, as Jesus called it, to heal the wounds of this life, strengthen us, and give us courage to stand up for him and to further his kingdom. This is the message of the gospel. God loves you, and his power can overcome anything we think we might have done in this world. My talk today came from um, listening to a pastor some years back. His name was Mark Zemer. And he compared taking the Eucharist to the life of a Christian. When I asked him about this, he said to me, I thought everyone knew this, and of course I hadn't. And I really haven't heard that message since. So it's been in my heart to share this with you today. I hope it makes sense as I try to break it down for us all and as we take communion later today. Um, so I'm going to tell you what I've learned from this book, The Life of the Beloved. It's by an author named Henry Nouwen. He was a Dutch priest. And in this book, he's writing to a friend who is a Jewish believer and had fallen away from the church. And he's trying to show him how we become the beloved of God. I'm sorry to say that uh, Henry Nouwen's no longer with us. Uh, he died in uh, 1996, but these books are easy, an easy read if you're interested in what I have to say today and want to look at it further. There is so much symbolism in the sacrament of communion. The fact that it's a treasured tradition throughout the world, spoken in many languages and in many cultures. And it's a way we remember our Lord and Savior, his last meal with his disciples. 
I've heard Pastor Gary talk about the bruises and the, the strikes in the Jewish or the Hebrew bread that they hand out. Another pastor talked to, about coming to the table. We all come empty-handed, and we are all beggars in search for a meal, the living bread of our Lord and Savior. And um, how without God we are nothing. I've also heard the script of the Seder meal being changed by Jesus. And Pastor Gary talks about that, how it became more like a pledge of love and engagement between a young couple. Henry Nouwen explains the life of a Christian in four parts. First, we are chosen. Next, we are blessed. Third, we are broken. And finally, we are given. These steps will transform us to become God's beloved. When we look at these steps, it's my hope, we begin thinking of ourselves as a living bread in the communion ceremony. Being beloved is like falling in love, and I hope this isn't a terrible metaphor. But with humans, we get to know someone, and we want to know more about them. And it's just the beginning. If that feeling grows, you pledge yourselves to each other as you receive and give love until you truly know in your bones what love is. And as you grow further and further in love with your husband or your wife. It's much like being the beloved of God. Once we understand and internalize that we are God's beloved and that he has agape love for us, then that relationship begins and we return that love and it ch that relationship changes and grows into knowing what truly being a beloved person is and what that relationship is. Henry Nowen, Nowen wrote that these four steps will build that relationship. God uses the word beloved for his son, Jesus. We read God speak and say at Christ's baptism on the Jordan River, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. And again on the Mount of Allah, or, sorry, Mount of Transfiguration, uh, again, he says, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. So again, when we are beloved, we are loved with agape love. I know Pastor Gary's talked about it, but just to be sure, agape love is a love I think only God possesses. From Christianity.com, it is a pure, willful, sacrificial love that intentionally desires another's highest good. A pure, willful, sacrificial love that intentionally desires another's highest good. It is this love that keeps drawing us back to Christ and to God through the work and prodding of his Holy Spirit. Jesus and each of us are God's beloved. In order to become the beloved, we have to go through these steps. Henry Nowen talked about. First, we are chosen. I chose John 15 to support that idea that we do not choose God, but God chooses us. 
much like the bread and communion, we are each made in a special way, a pan or a loaf of bread. And so we are recognized for the unique person we are in God's creation. God has given each of us specific talents, interests, experiences, and passions that make each of us special. I've said it before that we are each God's favorite. God is big enough for all of us. There is no competition. There's no need for jealousy in our brotherhood and our sisterhood. I've heard it said that each of us were born at a, this specific time and in this specific place to do God's specific will and to be with each other in this specific community, great or small. Jesus tells the parable of the sower that those seeds that fall on the fertile soil grow to bear fruit 30 or 60 or 100 times greater. It could be that we just give a person a smile or a kind word of encouragement in a time of desperation. It could be putting God's hope in your children. It could be teaching Sunday school, helping out in jam, leading a Bible study, singing a song of God's love, or leading a church. God chooses each of us to be here today. It could be we say something to someone else that brings us closer to Christ. He puts us together with people who will help us grow in faith and in love. And we, in being the beloved, it is not because we are good, but because God is good. We can recognize the preciousness in others and their unique place in God's heart and know that we are all beloved. First, we are chosen. Next, in our growth in becoming the beloved, we are blessed. Much like Christ blessed the bread before breaking it, we also are blessed. We all need to hear that we matter and that our life is important to others from time to time. It affirms in us the person we are today and the person we are becoming. But also, God's blessings move us in the direction he wills us to move. He blesses some areas of our life that bring fulfillment and is done with ease and glorifies him. Other things we used to do drop by the wayside. He prunes away unfruitful activities and desires from our lives. Where do we find that blessedness? In our family, in our church family, in prayer, in reading the Bible. We find peace. We find joy. That place inside of our hearts that only God can fill. The desires of our hearts. Also, in gratitude, we recognize the many blessings that God has put in our lives. And in our gratitude, we become more grateful into an upward spiral that brings us to find joy and blessedness in all of the little things that God provides. It also moves us to see the goodness in others and give a blessing to them. So beloved, first you are chosen and then you are blessed. And next, we are broken.
Like the bread which is broken, we come to realize our own brokenness. We don't have to break ourselves. The world does that for us. Jesus Christ is the only person who lived an unbroken life. The rest of us have our own different experiences that have left us broken. It was in my realization of my brokenness that I surrendered to Christ. Always pretending I was good enough, always thinking I was better than the person next to me. It crushed me to realize just how broken I was and how much I needed a savior. The very fact that we cannot keep the first commandment points to our weakened state. Romans 5.12 tells us, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. We all are in a fallen world. The whole creation is in slavery to corruption because of Adam and Eve's rebellion against God. Each of us suffer from different bad experiences. The world is constantly battering our emotions through rejection, cynicism, abuse, neglect, and we are left feeling afraid, unfulfilled, and unloved. It's nearly impossible to find a place where we can feel safe and protected. As we break the bread for communion, how does our brokenness relate to becoming the beloved? First, we must share that brokenness with God and ask him to bless it. Put it in the hands of our Savior. We may feel alone in our pain, but Christ can heal those wounds and use that brokenness for his kingdom. The Apostle Paul asked God to heal him three times, and God said, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Then Paul says, Most gladly, therefore, I would rather boast about my weakness so the power of Christ may dwell in me. I would rather boast about my weakness, for the power of Christ may dwell in me. 2 Corinthians 12.9 How does power work through our brokenness? Who can better help a person with addictions but a person who's been through that journey? Maybe still struggles, but is conquered the basic part of addictions. Who can better help a person who's been abused than a person who's been through that? Money relations, uh, money issues, relationship issues, self-esteem issues, people who have been healed from the same problems. That's how power is perfected in weakness. If we look at our brokenness as if it were a blessing, we can grow as healthy beings working for God's good in his kingdom. This is what it means to embrace our brokenness and count it as a blessing and build our life to become the beloved of God. We are chosen, blessed, broken, so we can be given. This is the fourth longing in the pursuit of becoming God's beloved. Much like the bread we will take soon, it is meaningless if it's not given to everyone here. And what is our life if we don't give of ourselves the greatest pleasures in life are when we put others' needs 
before our own needs. Raising a family, helping people, the homeless, the sick, the poor, fills our souls with gratitude and our petty little problems are minimized. As Jesus said, greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends is the Christian ideal. I know many of you sacrifice your time and your money and your talents for God's good. There's great joy in serving our Lord and in serving others through him. We can feel his spirit moving through us and helping us. As beloved people, our greatest fulfillment comes from being the bread of the world. Jesus changed the order of the Seder meal and turned it into an agape pledge of love. We realize in that in giving ourselves to each other, it is the greatest act of love that we can provide for others. This is what makes the Last Supper Jesus' greatest act for his disciples, not simply for the forgiveness of sin, but as we abide in Christ and Christ abides in us, we also become that bread. This isn't just Jesus' life being shared. We are giving of ourselves. We are chosen, we are blessed, we are broken, and we are given. We beloved ones of God are given to each other and sent out to give to a needy world. As we strive to become God's beloved, may we all find new meaning in what Christ has to offer and in all God shows us in this amazing book. Amen. Will you rise, please, as we...